Welcome to the Trending Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher, joined by Dick Briggs, as always, ready to break down some college and high school wrestling action this afternoon. Uh, let me throw this to you. Before we transition to, to high school, one thing I was thinking about, about this before we started the podcast, you, have, you literally have filled just about every wrestling role I can think of. You've been a competitor, obviously, at the high school and college level. Um, you've been a coach. You've been a parent. You're working as an official now. You know, have you really kind of looked back and, and taken stock on, on just the different uh, contributions that you have made? I know, I know it's something that you don't really focus on and stuff. I, I mean, and I almost forgot the media part of it, doing this with me and, uh, you know, calling uh, duels on KCRG 9.2. So you've done just about everything to give back to the sport. Do you take stock in, in all the things that you've done? You know, I hadn't really thought about it. And, and uh, I guess I don't think of giving back. I kind of think of it selfishly as I'm still taken away. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I do it for, for, because I love the sport and I love the people that are in it. And, and, uh, you know, we started off this conversation, this, this a podcast talking about a negative issue and, but the, the wrestling community is tight. You know, we're competitive on the mat, off the mat, like our Jefferson and Prairie meets back in the day when they were bloodbaths, you know, and then yeah. the wrestlers got along fine. You know, the fans were the ones that made such a big deal of it. And I loved it. That was great. Make it, make a big deal of it. Cause if that's what gets you to come into the gym and have fun at the meet, then so, so be it. But that's that wrestling connection that I always wanted to keep. And I really don't ever want to let go of, you know, and, and, and you do it through your skills and, 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 uh, in writing and, and sharing the stories. And uh, it's just been fun for me to get to know that side of it with the media and watching you do that, you know, with, with uh, trips to D1 nationals and, and working alongside you on the media. So it's, it's a greater appreciation than I ever had before now seeing what you do. And, and you, you know, well, uh, well, that's, that's really, neat. Uh, what's the most rewarding part of it? Which role can well, you, can you differentiate between any of them? Yeah, when you were going through those, I happened to think that being a dad was has been pretty dang good. I mean, because he, <laughs> he's so darn yes, not going when he's been so darn good and successful, he he makes you know makes everyone look good. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, let's transition to the uh, high school portion of the pinning combination podcast. Uh, we're in the midst of the postseason. Um, you know, this is always uh, an exciting and emotional time uh, of year uh, just because, you know, there, there are some seasons and careers that are ending, uh, you know, with sectionals and districts. Um, but uh, I, I tell you what, I don't think there's any other uh, postseason quite like it. Um, you know, uh, the sectional meets uh, might be the last weekend we have them, but uh, there's some pretty exciting sectional meets or performances, I guess, more than, uh, you know, more than anything. Um, 
I'll I'll start out by talking. I went to uh, Manchester for the uh, um, West Delaware sectional up there. Um, West Delaware came away with uh, uh, 12 district qualifiers, nine champs. Uh, obviously, won the, uh, the the team race, but it it really was a kind of a two team show up there between West Delaware and um, and Vintenchelsburg, who I believe advanced seven um, onto the district meet. Correct. They had four four champions and three runners up. Uh, something to note in that in that uh, sectional that five of the number one seeds did not win. So that that was kind of, and I noticed that in a couple of different sectionals. And I think a couple of them didn't even advance. Right. There was one, uh, sure, a lighter weight for West Dollar, I'm not remembering, but was the number one seed and placed third, I think. So that's, you talked about the heartbreak. That's the heartbreak right there, man. Uh, you know, that's for sure. Uh, and Anamosa had, uh, had a champ. Uh, they were the only one other than those two teams. Uh, to have a champ, uh, heavyweight Cole uh, Sigler um, came away with uh, a title there. Uh, Anamosa and Monticello advanced three each. Uh, Tipton with two, and then center point Urbana um, with one district qualifier. Uh, one of the weights that stood out to me, obviously, one, uh, 152. Um, kind of saw this coming. Um, Gabe Sanders of Vinton Shellsburg and Logan Payton of uh, West Delaware, uh, two of the top uh, ranked guys at, in 2A. They've met five times now uh, over the last month. Very well can meet again here in a couple days. Um, but at Sanders, I tell you what, I've been so impressed uh, with the, the way Cooper Sanders and, and Gabe Sanders have wrestled for uh, Vinton Shellsburg, he comes away with a 7-0 victory in the finals against Logan Payton, and uh, uh, he was that's pretty impressive. Not just uh, uh, continue to win against a high quality opponent like that, um, but he's almost kind of spread, kind of widening the gap a little bit. Yep, and that could be a. I mean, it's as much a mental thing as a physical thing but from what i understand he's such a hammer on top that uh you know and isn't too bad on his feet either right you I mean you can avoid going down you know but if you're going to get taken down there you go <laughs> so uh yeah that that's it's impressive and but you never know get to that seventh one get under you know if it ends up being in the finals under the big lights and who knows what could happen there um Brady Ordner at 170 also uh, was pretty impressive. At 160, uh, Jaden Payton um, of West Delaware uh, wrestled. He's somebody that uh, I think week four of the football season tore his uh, ACL and strained his uh, MCL in one of his knees. Uh, at that time, thought uh, his wrestling uh, career would be over. Uh, at least his high school career would be over. Uh, talked to doctors, found out that uh, there was a possibility that, you know, uh, you could do it. Um, so they did everything they possibly could to try to strengthen the muscles around his knee to take the, the strain and, 
and uh, uh, relying on that uh, ligament, uh, it seems to have worked um, so far. Uh, they kind of kept him out of the lineup, only uh, limiting, limiting him to, to certain uh, competitions and, and duels. And he comes away with a pin at uh, 160 in the finals. Luckily, uh, the only match, because there are only two uh, wrestlers there, but, uh, uh, you know, Jane Payton, a two-time medalist, looking to get down to uh, Des Moines uh, for his fourth time. And uh, a lot of hard work has gone into at least getting the opportunity uh, to wrestle. Right. I was going to say, with only with only two competitors, he's guaranteed to, to qualify. So the other schools kind of kind of helped him out there by not yeah. having to put him out in the mat and risk uh, injury to the knee. That won't happen at districts, obviously, because now you have qualifiers that are coming there. Uh, right. So two two matches if he's a champion or uh, doesn't have Russell back. And uh, yeah. so anyway, um, that that two in the in the bracket kind of comes falls back on your initial statement of we may not see sectionals next year. In that respect, there's a good reason why. If you're only having one match in the weight, why can't you do that in the district? So and there was it seemed to me there were more matches that are more weights that had less than six throughout the different districts that, that I was checking out than actually had six. So, um, so it, it um, makes sense. Yeah. Um, one of the things too, that, uh, stands out about this, um, the sectional will, will meet up with, uh, uh, another one, I can't remember exactly where it was at um, in 2A, but they're going to head to a Maquoketa district. Um, and actually, it was Davenport Assumption that hosted the uh, the kind of the partner sectional here. But that, this Maquoketa district, and this is one point I want to um, – at 145 at Maquoketa, you're going to have number one, number two, and number three ranked wrestlers all in the same district where you have Cooper Sanders of Vinton Shellsburg, uh, I believe it's Eric Kincaid of Comanche and Michael Macias of Davenport Assumption. Those three are, be, they, they will be vying for two state births. And that happens every year and it's a heartbreak because you know you've left someone behind that could potentially win it in this case, let alone be a place winner. So Right. Yeah, that hurts. And you know, that happens more often than you think. Um, but and it, and at all levels, 1A, 2A, and 3A. So. Now, some of the other sectional uh, um, performances that kind of stood out to me, Osage had seven champs uh, and 10 qualifiers um, in, its, uh, in its sectional. Um, West Burlington Notre Dame at Solon uh, came away with uh, eight champs and 10 qualifiers. Uh, Notre Dame followed that up with uh, a regional dual victory over Assumption. I can't remember who they had first round, uh, but they ended up beating uh, Assumption in the regional dual final. So uh, West Burlington Notre Dame, that's a team we've talked about, you know, occasionally through the season. That's a scary team. That's a team that could do some damage. Right. And now the first round, they, they had Elbia 
and they, they won 37-33, very close meet. And then they beat, beat Assumption 42-36. to 36. So a couple <coughs> of close duels. And then, uh, you know, that's going to probably put them in at, uh, or maybe, I guess we know, they're going to be the seventh seed at, at, uh, at uh, state duels, and they'll have Osage first round. So the two teams you just mentioned will square off. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, you know, I know everybody's maybe declared Waverly Shellrock as this big, or not Waverly Shellrock, sorry, West Delaware as this big favorite uh, before the postseason even begins. But, you know, I'm starting to look at this, and, yes, West Delaware is a favorite, but they go into a very tough Maquoketa district. Uh we saw a couple years ago where, where they didn't necessarily uh, wrestle their best in the uh, the traditional tournament, and Osage came away with a state title and wrestled very, very well with the uh, the guys that they had down there, even though they had less uh, uh, qualifiers. If West Delaware isn't on top of its game, this is something where West Burlington, Notre Dame, or Osage – uh, could sneak in because they have some very talented kids. Right. They could sneak in and, and swipe that title again at West Delaware, like you said. But I'm, I'm guessing those West Delaware coaches are very aware and uh, <laughs> they're keen on that. And they're, they're, uh, they're letting their, their wrestlers know. And, you know, it's not that far removed that the wrestlers don't even know. Probably a lot of their brothers were on the, on the team. So, sure. yeah, for sure. Um, they're going to gonna be – it doesn't mean it can't happen, but they're going to at least be aware and look at that. Um, and just two of the standouts for West Burlington Notre Dame I want to mention. Blaine Frazier at 132. Uh, he's 45-0. 182-pounder uh, C.J. Walgraf, 47-0, kind of leading the way. Um, I believe – are they the Nikes? I think they might be the, the Nikes or the Nikes uh, for their moniker. Somebody can uh, correct me on that. I think um, Nikes might be right. Um, let's, uh, let's move to, uh, uh, class 1A, if, if that's all right. Um, I think the one thing that really stands out, uh, in class 1A, Don Bosco, 14 qualifiers, 13 champs, uh, out of its sectional, um, yeah, that's, Obviously, it's near perfect, but I don't know if you, uh, as a realistic coach, you can draw it up uh, any better. Yeah, that's, I mean, they're very, very good. I don't know how strong that district was because it's hard to judge it when you have those results. Yeah. You'd think not very tough, but on the other hand, is it, or is it that Don Bosco is that good? But I'm with you. I mean, it's, if they don't win it, that's going to be the shocker of the, of the, uh, of the tournament, if you ask me. Um, you know, uh, Underwood, Underwood looked really good in the, the sectional uh, results. They had nine qualifiers move on. Obviously, uh, you know what you have, Gable Porter, um, Stevie Barnes, um, you know, Hagen uh, Heisted, who uh, transferred in from Logan Magnolia, Weston Allen, um, you know, that's a team that they may not have as many, uh, 
qualifiers as, say, Don Bosco or even Lisbon, but they're going to have guys score a lot of points. And if they uh, get some extra guys, extra wrestlers through uh, this Saturday at Districts, uh, that's a team that uh, definitely is a contender. At least a contender for a second. <laughs> you think so? I don't know. I I do. I just think Don Bosco is pretty darn good. But but uh, you know that being said, I thought that of West Delaware a couple of years ago. Sure, <laughs> so, sure. So it could it could be a situation like that. You never know. Uh, and then Lisbon will help out there as well, knocking some folks off and being in, in the hunt for a title or for a trophy. Yep. Uh, Lisbon eleven qualifiers, eleven qualifiers, seven champs. Um, you know they uh, they move in uh, to the sectional with uh, I believe Sigourney Kyoto that Sigourney Kyoto won um, pretty handily. Uh, I, I just want to I just want to say this about Class One A and those three teams: Don Bosco, Underwood, and Lisbon. You look at a couple weights. And depending on how things – now, obviously, you know, you think Don Bosco is the, the favorite, and, and rightfully so. But you've got weights like 126. If all three qualify, you've got Quincy Happel, who's ranked number three for Lisbon, Weston Allen, number four uh, for Underwood, uh, Kyler Kanak, uh for Don Bosco, that's number five. Depending on how those three finish – uh, that could influence things. Same at 138, where you have top-ranked Stevie Barnes of Underwood. Kate Seabrecht, who's a defending uh, state champ, um, who's ranked number three for Lisbon. And then you've got Don Bosco's number nine, Caden Knock, um, there as well. And then at 132, you've got Gable Porter of Underwood and Garrett Funk, uh, number two of uh, Don Bosco. Depending on how those three weights finish, if they, you know, assuming everybody qualifies to state, that could uh, that could really uh, make an impact on how things fall out. Wow, that's fun, and it, it, it might start with how they're seated, so as to when they might meet each other, or you know, and then obviously at state you always get upsets. I mean, it's you know, it's hard to. That's why you wrestle it, right? So that's going to happen. So, wow. That's yeah. And uh, uh, one of the things I mentioned about that weight class, um, Marcel Lopez, uh, he's top ranked at 126. He just won his 200th victory at the regional duel at Lisbon. Um, you know, he's looking, uh, I believe, to become a, become a four-timer. Um, so, you know, it might depend on how, like you said, the seating, if it holds with the three, four, five. That could make a difference with Happel being on the other side there, uh, even though Happel wrestled uh, Lopez pretty close um, in the regional duel. I think it was 3-2 and Lopez uh, uh, with a first period takedown. That was the difference. But uh, uh, there's – I tell you what, there's a lot of uh, fun scenarios that you can um, kind of look at here as we advance in the postseason. Uh, one other thing I uh, want to mention uh, – Two, as far as um, sectional results, it was uh, Albernet, Albernet with a humdinger uh, against uh, uh, Edging Wilton by nine points for a team title at 
their sectional at Wilton. Um, so the Pirates went down there, um, and this will be a good transition to the regional duels because those two uh, faced off in the regional duels at, uh, at Wilton, and uh, it was Wilton coming away with a 39-34 win uh, over our net. So Wilton kind of got revenge there, and they'll be heading on to the state dual tournament. Albernet beat Sigourney Kyoto um, in the semifinal there, 42-30. But, right. um, and, and as far as Albernet Wilton at the sectionals, you, you mentioned revenge. Yeah, Albernet won the, won the sectional, but Wilton had four champs and five runner-ups. So they, they qualified nine, whereas Albernet qualified seven. So to, to me, as a coach, I, I didn't really pay as much attention to the team score as I did to the qualifiers. It's just getting those kids through the next level. And, and uh, so Wilton, yeah, didn't win the, the sectional title, but they walked away with nine qualifiers and that's to them. That's a victory. So. Sure. Sure. Um, and Tuesday uh, regional duels uh, for, for one a and, and two a um, I, I really did not see any, uh, any big upsets? Maybe the only one that uh, that might stand out: Emmitsburg uh, topped West Hancock 33-31. <coughs> Excuse me, but other than that, uh, I, I think uh, most of the one A teams kind of held held serve. And that that's the case. With, uh, yep, you got they, they, uh, West Hancock was ranked seventh at the time, or seated seventh, whatever. And uh, Emmitsburg, I, I'm not sure what. Might have been. I'm not sure what they were. Tenth, I think maybe. So it wasn't that big of a. But so that tells you, you know, they were seated at least top eight were seated properly. I don't think they were necessarily in their right order, but, sure, but sure. in most classes, that's the case. And then in three A, I think they were all eight. Well, all eight that hosted won. We know that the eighth seated team didn't wasn't able to host. So that was yeah. Them. That was North Scott at Bentendorf and. Uh, um, Bendorf came away with a 46-21 win over North Scott there between six and eight. Um, you know, uh, in in Class 2A, really the only one um, there that stands out um, is West Burlington Notre Dame coming away. Uh, you know, they beat Albia 37-33, but then beat Assumption 42-36. Um, you know, that, uh, that was impressive. Right, and then there's another instance where where Assumption was the ninth seeded team, but got to host, and Hampton Vermont was the eighth ranked team and didn't get to host. So much much like uh, um, North Scott. So, but again, geography was a factor there. I'm sure it's easy to say that, but it hurts when it's your team and your kids that are getting the short end of the stick. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And you know at uh, in class 3A, uh, I was at Linmar on uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, you know, I know we've talked uh, two or three weeks in a row about just how Linmar just did not seem to get the type of uh, love or respect, I guess, from coaches. Um, and this is a team that's much better than um, maybe a fifth number five ranking. I know it's something that's become kind of a, a punchline for for uh, the people in the Limar program. 
I was talking to one of the wrestlers and they were joking before the last uh, uh, set of rankings. They're like, are we even going to, you think we even get a shot to, to host a regional duel? Um, you know, saying that kind of tongue in cheek. And of course they did. And boy, they were dominant uh, beating Pleasant Valley, number 15, Pleasant Valley, 43-15. A uh, couple of the matches that stood out to me. Um, obviously, they started at 170, so it was a great spot. Tate knocked the Warren came out, uh, racked up, I think, four takedowns before getting a pin. Really kind of set things, uh, got things going. Uh, Pleasant Valley did come back with the next two matches to go up seven to six. But Griffin Schultz, uh, the reason why this match stood out to me is he was up 4 nothing with 15 seconds to go, and he's on top, and they go out of bounds. What do you say? You know, watch for the roll. One, not two. Two. Right? Yeah. You know, just, just stay in control and, uh, you know, take your take your decision. Uh I think uh, Pleasant Valley's wrestler kind of made a half attempt to stand up off the whistle. He went far on near leg from his feet and put the guy on his back and got a fall uh, with one second to go. That could have been so easy. And how many times have you seen wrestlers just kind of stay, you know, kind of stay conservative and just make sure to coast to that uh, decision. But that was a big, uh, uh, that was a big spark for, for the Lions. It, Doug Stryker even kind of said, you know, we're not maybe necessarily uh, uh, confident right there because Schultz missed last season. You know, it's something he's still feeling out. And, uh, you know, credit to him. He wrestled to the whistle. Um, right. Yeah, and good, you know, if it's, if it, even if it's a different time in the meet, it's not the, what, the third or fourth match, fourth match. So it's early on in the meet. You still don't know what the team score is or the result. But if it's later on in the in the meet, maybe you don't even risk that and go for the big big move. But you know he did. He knew they. I'm guessing he thought they knew they needed some points, and at that point in time they did. And uh, so you know, good point. And you hit it right on the head. I asked him about it, and he said, "Well, you know, it was clear. It was close. I thought we were going to have a close duel based on the early part. You know, it was seven six at the time he took the mat, and." He he saw the opportunity there and he had to hit it and and try to try to get those extra points for the team because he thought it might come into play and it didn't uh, because Lindmar pretty much steamrolled uh, after that but um, you know kudos to to him uh, Luke Gaffney uh, followed with a big uh, decision over Luke Vanderhaar, uh gave up the opening takedown and scored three takedowns after that I tell you what Gaffney really showed his athleticism in that uh, duel or in that match. Uh, Nate Fish had a big win, a, a major decision at 113 for Linmar. And then, of course, you got to your uh, uh, other ranked wrestlers with uh, Braden Park, Kane Nakaborn, and uh, uh, Grant Kress. Um, Park and Kress had technical falls. Nakaborn with another uh, uh, pin an inch closer to that season regular season record or, or single season record uh, at Linmar. Uh, and then you got, you know, other guys stepping up to show Linmar's balance with, uh, oh, uh, uh, Grant Boddicker, 
uh, at 152, and Landon Bushman uh, with wins uh, to close things out. So I'll tell you what, Linmar is going to be a team that uh, I, I still don't know if they have enough to overcome, say, Southeast Polk or Waverly Shell Rock. Um, but to see them finish third, I think, is, is certainly um, – uh, doable, and that would be that would tie their highest finish dating all the way back to 2002, which was their first ever appearance in the state duel. Well, if I figured it out right, they'll have Ankeny first round, very winnable meet, and then they'll have Waverly Shell Rock. Um, you know, if they were on the other side, they would have had Waukee Northwest, uh, who I think they could beat based on results. Ankeny beat Northwest, as we know, earlier in the season. Uh, not by much, but it's all about matchups. But the thing with the with Linmar is they have a, that elite group of kids that are, are going to really, for the most part, going to be winning and maybe winning with bonus points. And then they have that second flight that's not far behind, like you just mentioned. You know that you just exactly what you're you're saying. And so they don't have too many holes, you know. So it's just a real solid lineup at all fourteen weights. Yeah, and and. Kind of looking at the 3A field, this might be one of the more uh, solid fields from top to bottom. Yeah. I mean, you obviously have, have your four teams that, you know, I think are maybe better than the rest. But I think that, you know, five, six, seven, eight teams, you know, those are pretty strong teams as well. I'm going to go with – Six, seven, eight. Since Linmar's the fifth seed, or you know, we'll put it right in there. So uh, at least the fifth rank. So um, the uh, but I I think we those matchups. So we're, we, you know, we're going to find out because I, I you know if it plays out like you know like the rankings or seedings would indicate, and Linmar can upset Ankeny or beat Ankeny. I don't know if it's an upset, but can beat Ankeny. If they don't beat Waverly Shell Rock, then we may, maybe we'll see that Waukee Northwest uh, for third and fourth. You know, but you never know what guys might do. And Doug Stryker has, has done this in the past. I don't know that it's been quite a while, but sometimes you don't bring your best team for the duels. I think this year they are because they're a dual team and they're going to, you know, they're going to probably try and get the highest trophy they can. And why not? But uh, um, so, you know, some other teams may not. So, you know, you, you know I've seen that before, you know, uh, you know, like when we were wrestling, Prairie for third and fourth, uh, what six, seven, eight years ago, they didn't bring their their team, or they gave their their starters an option, the qualifiers an option, whether they wanted to wrestle or not, and they didn't. So, um, so you know that's that's that happens. You know when it's third and fourth, and you got a big tournament, you know, to uh, for the next two days, that can be a sensible thing. Yep. Um, class three A, I'll have their districts. Uh, uh, in two days, obviously, uh, you know, they, they don't have sectionals as everybody, uh, knows kind of, uh, interesting with, uh, kind of how our area teams, uh, are heading in different directions. Uh, Cedar Rapids Jefferson will host, uh, uh, district in the metro area here, you have Sea Rapids, Jefferson, Kennedy, Washington, Clear Creek, Amana, Western Dubuque will come down, Iowa City West will come up. Uh, then you have Linmar and Marion as well. Um, there could be some interesting uh, 
wait. Um, but uh, I think this is a uh, think a good chance for Linmar to get quite a few wrestlers through, and and even for uh, Iowa City West to get uh, five or six, and uh, just kind of got confirmation that uh, Robert Avila. Um, Junior will be wrestling at districts this weekend. Uh, he plans to go 145 pounds. Um, you know, so uh, he's going, he's looking to become a four-timer uh, here for the Trojans. Uh, won his first three uh, Lisbon in class 1A. So I know he's been dinged up and and uh, battling injury, but he's uh, taking the man on Saturday. That's good to hear. I mean, there's a guy that's, like you said, going for his fourth, and uh, you don't get many of those. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a good thing. You know, good luck to him. And and uh, I'll say this: I don't know him real well, but whenever I've been around him, he's been very pleasant. Spoke to me and came up and thanked us. You know, for for uh, um, for broadcasting and just you know, so good luck to him. That's a, that's me. Good guy. I'm glad he's back. Um. Iowa City High also hosts uh, uh, district, and I think this one might be one of the one of the most competitive out there. You've got Ben Dork, Burlington, uh, Fort Madison, Iowa City High, Iowa City Liberty, Newton, Atoma, Pleasant Valley. Um, obviously, Bendorf, uh, you know, a top ten team. You've got Iowa City High that's got you know four or five uh, a real high caliber. Wrestlers, you know, you got Kale Seaton, Kale Kurtz, uh, 120, 126. Ryan Ott uh, has come back from from illness and is wrestling again at 145. And then you've got Ben Keeter uh, as well there. Atumwa's had probably one of its better seasons in a long, long time. That's a team to to kind of look out for. And then Pleasant Valley, they were ranked 15th in the and qualified for the regional duels. Uh, they're a solid program. Uh, so that's one that uh, could be very competitive. Yeah, it'll be, I mean, obviously you got some front runners there that, you know, probably won't be tested much. And then you've got some others that it's going to be fun to watch those weights. But, but uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then Marshalltown, uh, you've got uh, Cedar Falls, Mason City, Prairie will head. <coughs> Prairie will pass uh, just about everybody and head west. Or, yeah, head west. Um, then you've got Waterloo East, Waterloo West, Waverly, Shell Rock, and Xavier uh, will head that direction as well. Um, you know, that, that uh, I'll tell you what, with Waverly, Shell Rock in the field, and, and no disrespect to the other teams there, it's going to be uh, Waverly, Shell Rock, and seven others fighting for, for table scraps there, um, you know, to get qualifiers. Obviously, uh, Prairie, Xavier have uh, – Elite individuals, you got Blake Jimo uh, for uh, uh, Prairie, returning state runner-up. Uh, that's top-ranked at 113. You've got Christian Stanick of Xavier looking to become the school's uh, first four-time state medalist. Um, I believe 160, uh, ranked third, or, or right, right around there. So uh, uh, that's going to be a tough road to hoe for for teams to, to kind of get uh, – uh, qualifiers, but their their top guys should still get through. Right, and it's it's one of those where you know the, the kids that do qualify, the kids that you get through, are probably going to have a pretty good shot at 
at Clayson, you know, if they're, you know, if they're hanging in in a, that tough of a, of a tournament and punching through, then yeah, you'd think they'd have a good shot at Clayson at State when they get there. Uh, and just uh, to go over some of the top teams here, Southeast Polk will wrestle at uh, Carlisle. Um, you know, Norwalk's in that field, Des Moines Roosevelt, uh, Urbandale, Waukee, um, West Des Moines Valley will be at Johnston uh, there. Then you've got uh, Ankeny and Ankeny Centennial heading up to Fort Dodge uh, for that uh, for that district. And then uh, Waukee Northwest heads west to Lewis Central. And uh, they'll be there with uh, West Des Moines Dowling and uh, the Council Bluffs and Sioux City Schools. Where does Indianola head to? Indianola is part of that Johnston field with uh, with West Des Moines Valley, uh, and of course Johnston uh, and Dallas Center Grimes and Bondurant Farrar uh, are in there. Who would have thought at one time? Who would have thought that uh, Bondurant Farrar and West Des Moines Valley would be in the same district? Uh, it's it's that growth, man. Yeah, it's great. You know, everybody knows the size of uh, West Des Moines Valley. Say. 10, 15 years ago, you would have thought somebody was crazy and saying, hey, uh, Bondurant, Ferrar, and Valley will be in the same district some year. Yeah. Crazy. Well, I think we've uh, covered just about uh, everything. Uh, anything that uh, you want to finish off with or, or anything that we didn't uh, uh, cover? Nothing off the top of my head. Boy, there's a, I mean, so much to digest and it's as, as there will be in the next two weeks, I guess, at the high school level and, and, uh, and then also college, you know, we get kind of a break a, a little bit before the, the national tournaments in the college happen. But, but certainly the next, uh, next week and a half is going to be uh, uh, pretty packed uh, with action, especially with uh, uh, after Saturday, it's going to be one heck of a week next week. So uh you know, I guess uh, uh, send us out, and we'll look forward to talking to everybody next week. All right. We miss you, Wyatt. Let's keep wrestling on the move. Thanks for watching, everybody. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.